So we're in the week leading up to non-secure yeah. connections. Can we call this a sequel to Absolute Zero, or Bride of Absolute Zero, this one? <laughs> you could call it anything you want, but I, I guess follow-up. Uh, a sequel connotes something that was related to the first in some way. And mm-hmm. I guess the, 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 what uh, the area where this is related, where these are related, would be the fact that uh, just like Absolute Zero, a little over half the songs had their origins as Spike Lee film cues, and so that's uh, so. Mm. But 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 the, the but the cues are for the most part fairly stylistically dissimilar. To the cue, the, the, the cues I was, uh, cues I uh, from which I wrote the songs uh, on, on on ABZ. So, uh, but but the record starts in a in sort of a similar way in the sense that, that the song Absolute Zero, the, the title track that uh, led off the record, starts off with a string orchestra playing all playing one note as a drone. Right. And that 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 the the, the first song on this record. Cleopatra drones starts off sort of the same way, and mm. so, so, so both 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 records start off with drone music, and uh, and so that's kind of that's kind of fun. I guess that that, that if, if one hears that listening to the very first track of, of Non Secure Connection, you'll think, oh, okay, this is certainly a sequel, mm. but then it moves fairly far afield. This record is. It sort of ramps up the the dissonance, the chromaticism quotient by a little more than double. Okay. Uh, uh, so some people will welcome that. A lot won't. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, but that's where I was led. I think we we've conditioned ourselves to not be surprised at this point, uh, and, and just to yeah, well, I think that's absolutely true. I, I think you. I think you're. That's a, an accurate statement. Um, uh, the one I'm most most uh, maybe most proud of of these sort of more adventurous tracks, uh, those those three I can name them very specifically. Uh, the title song, "Non Secure Connection," uh, "Shit's Crazy Out Here," and "Porn Hour." All of them deal in more more again a black note language, atonal language, uh, chromatic language, and uh, but but the, the one. I'm possibly most proud of is the title track, uh, as far as this area of my songwriting goes, because it's the melody that's more more dealing in in chromaticism, not not so scalar. It's not it's, it's not a white note melody at all. Right. It's a very angular melody, and so that's fun to me. I, I wrote this. This was a cue. Not secure was a cue mm-hmm. that was actually used used in the. Uh, in season two of She's Got to Have It last year, I was amazed when that was picked. I wrote this as a as it, this this was composed as a, it was sort of a through composed improvisation after having listened to an Aaron Copeland piano concerto. Some of the language in there, some of the ideas I thought oh, I, that I got from this, I said, well, let me try my hand at my version of this type of idea, which was. Uh, which was uh, basic chords in the left hand, basic chord, chordal language, but over over top of that that basic chordal language, the melody goes in and out of tonality. 
Okay, mm-hmm. and that's that's that that was sort of a first for me. And uh, so, and when I wrote the piece, like I said, I wrote it quickly. It was just sort of a through. It was again, it was a it was a one time through. One of those moments. So I liken it to my old piece, Song F, which okay. was the same thing. It was it was just something I played, uh, inspired by the third movement of the Samuel Barber piano sonata, mm. and uh, with a certain movement in sixth chords. I know I'm speaking sort of theoretical, but that's the only way to really discuss this, I guess. So, sure, sure. Uh, I guess I could get real cosmic and talk in terms of emotional. <laughs> emotional content uh, revealed by this music I'm describing. But anyway, I won't talk that way because that's not what I usually do. Uh, so, so that, so that was a new, a new thing for me to write this way. And so I, I had this cue. I wanted I, I, right away after I wrote it before the, the way before the uh, sort of right after while we were working on that habit, I thought I need, I need to write a song about the song with this music and uh, to, to this music. And I've been reading Wired magazine and some amazing stories in there about computer hackers, and it made me want to write this song, which is about it, it's sort of setting myself in the role mm. of uh, of a, a cloistered cloistered <laughs> off in his own world computer hacker. If someone had told me a year ago even that you'd be writing about technology and computer hackers and the internet um I'm, i say you can't surprise me that that would have surprised me i think but, but, uh, well, okay but to me it's, it's tangential to a lot of the subject matter on absolute zero again not really exactly like it but it's tangential in the sense that that a lot of absolute zero's lyrical content was inspired by science okay and uh and 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 this is Science and technology, to me, are are, are complete are, are total cousins, you know. And so, of course, I think it that doesn't surprise me when I describe it that well, way. When I they're they're it it, it comes they're, they're related to me again. We 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 know that a lot of your lyrics are, are, are drawn from what you're reading, and obviously the the music from the a, a deep deep well, including uh, what you're listening to now, I guess, and. We we do know that much of this record, as you say, was from based on Spike Lee cues, and I I yeah. loved an absolute zero. I, this is just a, a personal observation, but my favorite track was Echolocation, which yeah. stopped okay. me dead when I heard it. Because are you familiar with the music of Dave Porter? Have you ever watched Breaking Bad? Yeah, or oh, Better yeah, Call that's right. He scores that those that, those those. Uh... He scores those shows, uh, Saul, uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad for uh, Vince Gilligan. Yes, exactly. I know right. the name. And sure, I, a lot of that music catches my ear well, quite I was, often. I was, I, I was right in the middle of, of binge-watching Better Call Saul again, I think, and I heard Echolocation for the first time, and it, it just stood out because it sounded like it belonged in the middle of that. I th- well, anyway, my question yep. was, you mentioned Aaron Copeland a second ago. Is there anything in the TV world or the music world that inspires you now? I think I think of Shawshank Redemption and, and Sisters from that, which you drew yes. from that for Levitate, just, didn't you? Sampled, sampled that from Levitate. Yeah. Uh, no, right. There's a song on my on the record I'm working on now. The next record after this one okay. that is inspired uh, by. 
uh, the great Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. He has he's, he wrote a score. He's a he's a great film composer as well as being the guitar player for Radiohead. And he wrote a score for a movie years ago, Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman, The Master. And I, I love the movie and I really love the score. And so this thing I'm working on now, DiMatteo and I are working on, it's called Bucket List. It's it's sort of Zappo Productions reigns. It rides again. It's, it's a fairly, fairly crazy track. Mm. And, and, and I wanted to... I'm playing fiddle on it like I played on echolocation. Yes. So that definitely takes it into <laughs> into wild land because of course I'm terrible at it. But <laughs> I make a certain sound that it ha- that, <laughs> that you like <laughs> that has an effect right. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely uh, an unskilled uh sound, kind of scratchy but sometimes really bad playing uh, has its place. Is, is this <laughs> so, a nod to the punk <laughs> aesthetic again? Well, that's right. I guess you could say that because uh, I'm terrible at playing the fiddle, but it doesn't <laughs> stop me. And that's the echolocation was my first foray into, uh, into uh, fiddle playing. <laughs> again, I'm inspired by Ornette Coleman because he played the violin in a, quite a wild fashion himself. Hmm. So, right, uh, so echolocation, I think you've probably read this uh, or know this anyway, it was inspired, just the, the, conceptually echolocation was inspired by uh, Robert Rauschenberg and his series of paintings or series of art pieces called Combines. Right. And uh, echolocation was originally titled Combine One. When I wrote it for Spike, I wrote it for the ill-fated film Old Boy, right. and uh it was never used. It was used in that, but then I got blown out of Old Boy as a as the con, uh, the composer, and then Spike they took this, the, the film away from him too. It was a terrible situation, and uh, so I had this track laying around, and I thought, okay, this one needs to have, needs to be expanded into a song, and that's what that that, that became echolocation, combine one, which is basically. Uh, the combine idea, the Rauschenberg idea, is found objects used in in his painting, in his in his uh, in his sort of melange of okay. of uh, images. And, and if you look up uh, uh, Rauschenberg combines, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He could use oh, a clip from a newspaper and a picture of Jackie Kennedy and and uh, a. a Piece of piece of a thimble and a piece of thread and and mm. uh, whatever you'd like and and turn it into this piece of art. So I decided to create my musical version of a combine, which is again, as I'm sitting here in my studio, I'm looking around and I see little vibra slaps and hmm. strange percussion instruments and symbols and found objects. Uh, what's that? Found objects. That's that's what you're playing for. Yeah, exactly, found objects. A lot of them percussion objects, but there's there's my trusty fiddle over there and the bow and a, a couple of tambourines and just whatever's around. You just try to make music with it. And that's, that's just a different approach. Uh, it, it's just fun to try different yeah. ideas, just different aesthetic ideas, philosophical ideas uh, that, that you may 
uh, take from from something else that you you've you've, uh, you've loved. And in this case, it was the Johnny Greenwood uh, master uh, score. And, and do we have any of that in uh, non secure location? Any of these hidden tricks, Bruce on the fiddle or uh, JV on the uh, keyboard or? I don't think so. There, there, there's there's no there, there are no dulcimer songs on this one, but very likely two on the next one. Okay, um, this sounds quite far ahead. One. This this next one already. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, that's, laughs> well, look, we've been in the coronavirus era in the COVID nineteen shutdown yeah. time, and so uh, I, I'm not going anywhere. Exactly. From mid March on, I've really I've hardly I've been to Virginia Beach as far far afield as I've gone, sixty right. miles from Williamsburg. And so I decided to use my time wisely and started writing writing song after song. I wrote in the first six weeks of the shutdown from mid-March to end of April, I wrote six songs. And uh, oh, wow. so I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to L.A. Uh, this next week, uh, a week from today, actually. I'm going to L.A. for a week at least to work with my longtime partner uh, and, mm. and, and creative friend, Tony Bird. Okay. Has has yeah. this changed how you work at all, lockdown, or changed your creative process at all, other than giving you an abundance of time to work? No, it's exact. It's it, it's exactly the same approach uh, as uh, as uh, the as not secure connection and absolute zero, right. in the sense that I I make this music. I start on my own in my studio. It's really it's funny this whole this whole business. This whole creative, this whole way I've been, been been creative the last few years reminds me, on a much more evolved level, of the very beginning of my career, where it was just me and a drum machine in, in a room. Mm. I, I'd set up the drum machine groove and write something over it and play synth bass on the my OBX, and that right. those would become the records. Right. I always loved. I always loved how people would say. Once it no longer said Bruce Hornsby in the range, it said Bruce Hornsby, Harbor Lights. I always loved it when people said, oh, well, I, I missed the old band sound. <laughs> it was always hilarious to me because the sound that they're talking about, the, to, which they refer as the, to, to which they refer as the band sound, mm, is me playing along with the drum machine and playing synth bass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all, all those hits, the way it is, Mandolin Rain, Every Little Kiss, Valley Road, etc., yeah. they... They were all mostly one-man shows with a, uh, with David Mansfield playing or, or George Marinelli playing uh, some uh, one little one part. Mm. So it was Harbor Lights was the record where it was you heard the sound of three guys in a room playing together. Yeah. In that case, Molo, Jimmy Haslip, and I. Yeah. So so this is this is not dissimilar to the when I was in my garage in Van Nuys, California, with my piano and drum machine. I'm not using a drum machine. I'll use just I'll record myself playing terribly again, and then have Chad play over that. Yeah. I will I, I will make that concession uh, concession to my uh, my awful abilities on some of these <laughs> instruments. <laughs> and, and JV will play bass often too. For sure. instance, on on Voyager One, that was synth bass, but JV uh, replayed what I did. Same with my resolve. Uh, Right. I'd done that on the bass, and but JV, JV played it in a much in a way that I thought was was much stronger, and uh, and so the record was was JV and not me on that. Okay. For instance. 
We, we talked a, a bit about the, the, the reception, the press you're doing at the minute over here, and, and the, the, the reception to Absolute Zero was so unequivocal over here. Were, were you surprised by that? Or did you quickly get a sense that, that this is taking off? Or yeah, I, yeah, sure, absolutely I was surprised, because you just never know. It was. It's sort of on a different level, though. I mean, it wasn't the, the crazy success of the first record, but that was a surprise as well. Mm. So it was. It was. And I, I, again, it kind of started in the UK. Although Absolute Zero, it could be said started with the New York Times. Right. But but soon enough, the uh, the UK was weighing in as well. Uh, so yeah, but of course that. It's all a surprise. This is a crazy, crazy game we play. It's a crazy business, and and who, uh, you know, who knows what will happen? It's uh, anyone who says they know that, that, that they're yeah. absolutely sure of the result is a liar. I, I mean, it's, it's just it, it's, you don't believe that person Kidding because yeah. there is no way to know. So, so, uh, so yes, of course, of course, we're surp- we're surprised. Uh, we were surprised early, you know, 34 years ago, mm. and really surprised uh, one year ago as well. So w- w- with that in mind, then, we're in the days leading up to Non-Secure Connection. How does that feel in the in the lead-up to a release? Is it exciting? Is it nerve-wracking? Or I've, I've kind of moved on, Cy. I've kind of, mm-hmm. I've kind of, uh, I'm kind of off to the next thing. <laughs> and and uh, for instance, uh Chip DiMatteo and I wrote a song in July for our great friend Rob Moose, who's making a solo record uh, with various geeks, various various artists. Right. <laughs> I'm the geek of the artist, probably. Uh, and so, little extra projects. I just sang a duet with uh, Tony Berg's daughter, the great Z Berg. She's making a record of covers, and so I just sang sang one with her. That happened in May, I think. So, right. and so that coupled with all the the work I'm doing with this record, and also learning how to play uh, these the, the, the non secure connection songs solo piano because mm, in this in this coronavirus era, the only way to disseminate your music is to play is to play uh, record yourself playing these songs in your house, and right. then disseminate that. So. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots to do. Uh, so I've kind of, kind of moved on. But I must say, uh, to be honest, it's been really, really nice because in the run-up to next week's release, uh, we've had two vaunted venues uh, do major pieces, mm. and you've probably seen you've probably seen both of them. So yeah, uh, Rolling Stone. So so, so uh, you spin, yeah, and yeah, and spin. So 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 that's all gratifying. I mean, spin. <laughs> To whom I was anathema in my early days as the "quote unquote" uh, adult contemporary hitmaker, <laughs> you right, know, right. Uh, and and of quote uh, for them to to come around full cir- for full circle and uh, and give me the nice uh, warm embrace is really that's again unexpected and really nice. It's uh, is that inspiring gratifying. in some level then because the write ups, as we said over here in Europe. Uh, I think prompted uh, a tour over here, didn't it? Uh, the, 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 the reception. Well, that did, yeah. Well, that that didn't inspire me to go over there. All just just the phone rang. That's right. all because okay. of, because of of all the attention 
that absolute zero was getting uh, that that resulted in promoters in in Europe being interested right. for the first time in, in, in since I don't know 2004 uh, interested in in having me come in and play concerts so yeah that was a direct it had to be a direct result uh, of the attention very very clearly so and uh, so yeah that may uh, this uh, at least as far as the the number of interviews I've been doing with mm. uh, in, in the UK for the UK press speech agent uh, that will mean uh, that probably will mean I'll be coming back over there sometime in the next year. I'll certainly go to Germany. Keith Hornsby's playing in Oldenburg, Germany next year after okay. his year in Poland, and so that's not. And, and I've been doing a good bit of German press as well. So yeah. uh, my two my two sort of semi hotbeds is hotbed as hot of a bed as it gets for for a 65 year old geezer uh the, the uk and germany the, those are my two two beds and so i it continues in both countries at least so far and, and uh, i mean who knows maybe maybe they're all talking to me just so they can rip me coming up the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you, just, you just don't you just don't know if you again if you think you know you're, you're wrong. Well, I've seen one review so far from All About Jazz, and uh, they were huge for it. So huh? I don't know if Oh, you've... they were All About Jazz uh, with Not Secure Connection? Well, fantastic. Okay. Yeah, that's the first one I've seen. I don't know if you've seen it yet. The, the, okay. The I, no, I have seen I, I don't. I, I, know of, I know of the site. They were very kind to us last time. And, okay, well, that's nice to hear. I, 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 I'm less, less interested in the jazz uh, area stylistically maybe there's a little jazz on here obviously obviously we had jack d Jeanette on the last one and absolute mm. zero the song that he was on was a, is a swing song i'm not sure anything here really got a list in my head um so yeah i guess that's that's very nice they they they're as jazzy record that's okay and and the guests this time you you've uh we've got jimmy yep. the woods uh, james mercer uh, the Vernons, Reed and Justin, all, all of those uh, feckend relationships that you've you've talked about. Uh, so, other, other than Vernon Reed, who I love, Living Color, is is it a conscious decision to look for and involve younger artists, or is that just where you draw the most inspiration from at this point? Well, it's not. It's not like James, for instance, is that is is so young. He's probably in his mid to late forties. Right. Uh, James Mercer. I'm just a fan. I've just been a longtime Shins fan, and uh, I loved their record "Wincing the Night Away" from I think 2008, 2009. That time, mm. uh, and so I was a little influenced by a, a, a Shins song on my resolve. The angular melodic line that starts the show. Uh, that, dots the, the, the landscape three or four times in, during the songs uh, uh, d d you know, during during the song uh, I so I thought to myself well I don't know this guy and maybe I'll just reach out to him and I, I'd love to sing, sing this as a duet with someone and well here's my first choice and so I did and he came in we just Daigle and I just finished earlier today putting together a mix James and I just did a just uh, recorded one of these remote uh, videos that's going to come out here soon, and uh, of, of okay. uh, just 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 piano and two and two voices. 
so uh, so it worked out great. He he was fond of the song and wanted to do it. So it did, and he did a great job. So that was really nice. Jamila Woods came in because I wanted a partner on Bright Star Cast, and uh, we we're looking around for some people. I reached out to a couple of people and didn't get much response back. All of a sudden, our great friend at Jag Jaguar Records, Eric Dana, turned us on to Jamila Woods because she was she's an artist for that label, mm. and so she uh, she got back to me saying her dad was playing Rainbow's Cadillac to her all the time when she was a kid, and and she yes. was in. So that worked out so well. She uh, she kind of she enhanced the, the the song so so nicely with her voice, and so those are the two duet partners this time, and of course. Now the ubiquitous Rob Moose, just like he was last time with his great group, Wine Music. Yes. He's on three of the songs on this record, My um, Resolve and the, the Leon thing, Anything Can Happen, and oh, one more, what the hell is it? Um, not remembering the other. Oh, yes, he, uh, yes, the Rat King, basically a piano and string orchestra. Mm. James, B, James being the one-man string orchestra overdubbing himself. And that's uh, one of my favorites. Uh, it comes after Non-Secure Connection with all its uh, with all its chromatic language. I thought I'd give everyone a nice palate cleanser right after that in the sequence, and that's the Rat King, which is a very simple sort of gospel, triadic gospel piano song. That's the third one I've heard. I heard you play that uh, to close an interview, a radio interview a week or so. Okay, back. okay. I loved it. Well, there's one of those... There's one of those remote uh, solo solo versions that I had to uh, get, get together. Now, Rat King is one of the easier ones to play. Some of the other ones are fucking difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear what Rob Moose does with that, uh, with Rat oh, King. Oh, it's gorgeous, yes. Yeah. I finally found my Paul Buckmaster, Paul Buckmaster. Right. You know who Paul Buckmaster was? I do. I'm, I'm reaching. I know the name. Yeah, Paul Buckmaster is, is well known for having been the having done all the great orchestrations on the early Elton John records, Elton okay. John, Tumble Connection, and right. Mad Men Across the Water, all those sort of iconic, frankly, mm. uh, uh, string arrangements on those records. Burn Down the Mission, um, Tiny Dancer, Leave On, on uh, Indian Sunset, or Mad Men Across the Water, so many. Uh, and so uh, I, think, I think he might have actually done your song as well, 60 Years On. Okay. So much of those records. Oh, take me to the pilot. So yeah, uh, Rob Moose is my kindred aesthetic spirit. Uh, that I, I, I met met him through Justin Vernon at the Eau Claire Music and Arts Festival in 2016, and I asked him to play Funhouse. Then I asked Wine Music to play Funhouse, and along with the Staves, and and we just kept on going. There's a lot of artists that you and Rob Moose have in common. You've said the Staves. Uh, he played with Chris Thiele as well, didn't he? And Punch, he arranged for Punch oh, Brothers as well. Oh yeah, they're great friends, Chris. And, yeah. uh, Chris and Rob and uh, 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 we played. In fact, Rob played with me uh, last year. I did Chris's show live from here. Yeah. And Rob came out to Louisville and and did some string arrangements and led the uh, the Louisville Symphony players in 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 their performance with with chris and, and and me there's a bona fide genius chris Thiele. i could i could watch him all day never mind listen to oh, him. oh he's a, yeah he's a, a freak of nature if you heard if you heard uh if you i think there are probably videos that exist of chris Thiele playing at age maybe seven where he's all, already yeah, a, yeah. A, 
the prodigy, virtuoso prodigy. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think he was sprung from Zeus <laughs> and, and, and has continued to, to flower and flower. He t- was, uh, was it yeah. him who transcribed Spirit Trail? Yeah, well, that's that's a great story about Chris Steely, right? In I guess maybe the year two thousand one, two thousand two thousand one, we were playing Telluride Bluegrass Festival with my band, and uh, and all of a sudden, this bubbly, gregarious, vivacious eighteen-year-old kid comes up to me and said, "Hey, Bruce Hornsby, I'm Chris Steely. I have a band here called Nickel Creek, and your Spirit Trail record is." our bus tape that we play over and over again. Right. And I've transcribed everything on it. Wow. And of course, it's a double album, so that's a lot of music, 20 yeah. songs. And and I said, well, wow, okay, great. I didn't know anything about this guy. I didn't know what an amazing presence mm. he was. I said, well, okay, maybe we'll get to play it together sometime. And sure enough, that time happened many years later, maybe in the early aughts or late, I mean, the late aughts or early teens of, of this century. Uh, Punch, and Brother, Punch Brothers were opening up, opening for us. Wolf Trap. Wolf Trap. I was there, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Chris, basically, we just played Spirit Trail songs most of the night with Chris playing with it, uh, sitting in with us. He also did it at Telluride yeah. uh, maybe a year or two after that as well. So, uh, so and, and we did a, a fantastic, a really fun version, version of, of Resting Place on live from here a couple of years ago too. Right. So or he was just ripping away. So, yeah. So yes, he is, uh, he's a bad man and right there. So there, there, there are lots of connections. Uh, our friend, Sam Amadon, who is, uh, who lives in London with his wife, Beth Orton. Uh, mm-hmm. they, uh, Sam opened some shows for us last, last summer, did the June run with us in the South. And um, and up into the northeast, where his parents, his mom and dad, came out and sat in with him one night. It was just the best. His parents are longtime folk singers, mm. and so Sam, uh, what was I going? Oh yeah, Sam and Chris are great friends too, and okay. Sam and Rob. So, so again, I'm, I guess I'm uh, I'm once again uh, serving as the grandpa to these <laughs> <laughs> to my. To all of my new friends, do they look to you for advice, or and you're learning from them? I, I think I've heard you say as well. Well, uh, I, yeah, I, I think process. it's symbiotic. Yeah, I think that it's, it's, it's. I think both both uh, learn from the each learns from the other, and uh, oh. so that's. Uh, but it's it's a uh, it's a real it's uh, it's a real gift to me. It, it's so interesting. I thought about it just recently that. The, the, what happened to me, uh, one, one of the best parts of what happened to me early in my career with all the, all the commercial success mm. was, was all the, all the uh, attention I got from older, amazing artists who I'd admired when I was growing up. Right. I was, all of a sudden, I was getting reached out to by all these amazing people to work with them to do something on their rec- records. And that was really, again, probably for me, the most amazing part of all that success. But then, then down at the other end of my career where I'm the elder, uh, the same thing in reverse happened to me. The younger artists reached out to me. Mm. And so, so this has happened to me twice. Uh, The first time, obviously I was the younger one getting reached out to uh, uh, by the older artists. And then, 
this, and then it's the younger artist reaching out to the elder, and that's me. That's right. So, so I've had two of these, these. I've had both of these situations, which have both been oh, and incredible in so many ways, and an inspiration, such an inspiration too. And mm-hmm. and you know what? I gotta go now, Sai. Si, okay. My my first wife is clamoring for a little help here. Well, <laughs> so, love to Kathy. But that should that should do you that should do you for a while, right? Oh, absolutely. No, that's plenty. Thank you very much, and uh, okay. all the all the best for the, uh, the the days in the lead up. And uh, here's for, here's to some good reviews and love to Kathy as well. Uh, I feel her pain. And how's Cece doing? Yeah, she's 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 doing okay. She's uh, she has an estate planning business over here. So uh, yes, she's, I knew that it happened. It's still going fine, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, this, for for whatever reason, without being morbid about it, this this has really kicked her business up. This situation we're in now. <laughs> So, uh, works. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's she's thriving. So yeah, thanks for asking. That's really great. Okay, happy for both of you, and uh, thanks for reaching out, Cy. And um, hopefully, we'll talk soon. We'll have a post mortem in a few months. Yeah, all the best, Bruce. Thanks a lot. Same to you, man. Okay. See okay. Bye bye.